We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I've become that guy. And someone's like, oh, yeah, the Super Bowl, like the most watched sporting event in the world. No, I'm like, it's not even close. Not just even so close, you know. dude. And like literally there are like at least six soccer games. That just, 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 wait till the, just wait till the summer. This summer will prove it's all not the even, ratings. It's like not World even World Cup that too, but it's not even World Cup. Like. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. Andrew, if we sound uh, if we sound a little down, uh, I guess it's probably because we're both really disappointed in our favorite soccer clubs. Is that fair? Fair. I mean, because if you, I'll put it this way. If we look at the form table, like the last five matches, Arsenal aren't in the top half, and Chelsea are barely in the top half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it, 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 it's, it's, Chelsea are, you could actually really call them more of a rudderless ship than Arsenal, it can be argued. Um, because uh, they have a lame duck manager, just you know, uh, as far as on the impression that Arsenal does. But Arsenal do have a solid board of directors, right? Like they, they like they are consistently, and they are very, if anything, they are consistent. And Chelsea don't even have that. Like they don't even have a director of football. Why is Arsene Wenger a lame duck manager? Uh, appearance. It appears he's as lame duck of a manager as Antonio Conte is. All signs are pointing to them not being there. Now, this is not the first time we've heard that from Arsene Wenger. Yeah, I, I, I have absolutely no inclination to think Arsene Wenger won't be there next year. 
it's like he has a contract and well they just spent all this money on these guys like here's, I, I here's the, the, uh, 20 years of i think especially in this not. transfer window i think we've seen the shift away because arson wenger preached for so long hey we have alex oxlade chamberlain we have theo walcott we're developing the youth and now they're gone uh well Theo Walcott's like 28 at this point. Well, no, but, th- but that's my point. Like, he is, his consi- his consistent strategy of developing those players, like, I, I think it was a little symbolic that a lot of the players, a lot their the symbols of their development system are gone. Uh, I mean, you say that as Alex Iwobi starts for them and Hector Bellerin, although Bellerin didn't come up with them, yeah. but I, I think... I, I, the other one would be uh, uh, Nateland Miles would be the other one. Sure. Over, say, I, I Kolasinic, who was a you know, pretty high-priced addition. Yeah, I think you're overreacting a little bit and not appreciating that uh, at the beginning of or during the summer you were talking about how absurdly um, horrible it would be for Arsenal if they went through this season and lost Alexis and lost Mesut Ozil for free. And they didn't. And now they turned Mesut Ozil, or they got Mesut Ozil to sign a contract extension, which I've been saying for months. And they turned Alexis Sanchez into Henrik Mkhitaryan and Pierre Emerick yeah. Obama Yang. I mean, well, well, hold on, hold on. <laughs> One could argue they turned Giroud into Obama Yang, but um, I'm just po- saying they 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 lost Alexis, which we kind of knew was going to happen. All and the time. Giroud. And they, uh, I mean, Giroud wasn't playing anyway. But it's still a loss. <laughs> it's, it's not though. It, it, it's a loss for what? No, no, no. no. I, I'm just saying you have to factor it into the losses. I'm sure it's still a net positive for Arsenal. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I think they would have, based e- even if they had re-signed Alexis and and Ozil, which happened. Like, I think Giroud was leaving anyway. Uh, he's well, not which playing. is which is fine. I, I, look, look, I, I my point was that the way people get fired is for losing both of those pieces for nothing. But you did it, and that's good business. Like, the, it, it was good business for Arsenal. I mean, it was, you know, they, they, that's, they, how, that's how Arsene Wenger keeps his job. Fact, I agree. I I, I actually I actually agree with you on that front. If if he keeps his job, it's for what happened in this window. Now, what what I, I mean, what I want to drive home though is what I, it just feels like there's a disconnect now between Arsene Wenger and the board of directors. Still, like, like not still. I think it's become it because this was a real shift in Arsenal policy. This window. Sure. So. That, that doesn't mean there's a disconnect. They can't just evolve. It's a it's it's it would be an interesting timing for a pivot. I'm not saying that there's you know it's never been done before because it certainly has, but it would be an interesting time. Anyway, we don't have to get too far. We we can talk about Arsene Wenger's employment status for a very long time. Uh, we we need to we need to kind of get on with the show a little bit here just to make sure we get everyone their timely information. Um, but I just I just thought it was interesting the parallel. I, I thought there was a nice parallel between Arsenal and Chelsea, um, and apparently Arsenal were trying to replace Peter Cech very late in the window too, um, which I Why found not? which I found interesting. Replace or just bring in somebody else? Oblock. It's a little different. Oh, <laughs> they were trying yeah, to bring in Oblock for more goalkeepers. Yeah, yeah. So that He's would a be very a, good goalkeeper. Yeah, that would be that would be a replacement. <laughs> Yep. Um, but if you had to, I don't know if you're looking at a form table or not, but could you guess who the top Premier League team would be in the league in the last five games? Is it Burnmouth? No. Oh, because Burnmouth is up there Third. over the last six, I believe. Yes, they're, they've been playing very well. Um, if it's not Burnmouth, then it is, uh, I have no idea. Liverpool. Oh, okay. 
That seemed too easy of a question. But, yeah. I know. It's it, I mean, well, because remember they had the, lo- the that spectacular loss to West Brom. So right. You know, I just, it, I, just, I found that a little surprising too. And is that Man Manchester City game in there. Man City is in there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was the one before West Brom. Right. But yeah, I mean, they're a good team. They should be near the near top of any table. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. And uh, I mean, I actually, you know. <laughs> I just, I mean, the form table. I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna focus on it a little more, like I did last week, um, because I mean, I actually, I didn't. It didn't help me pick the games correctly because I did terribly. However, it, I, you know, my, you know, my trying to sell a couple of games actually were good points. So <laughs> it at least brings you up. Sound a like di- Chris List now. It doesn't matter if the games actually went the way that you predicted. It's just if you, if your predictions were. What no, if it? if I if I mentioned it in the analysis, the that's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> because, no, I mean, look. Outcomes don't matter anymore. It's just whether the Pre- well prediction. There's a reason why all these betting places, uh, the buildings keep getting bigger, right? It's really hard to predict this stuff. So if you get, you know, it's sure. You know, it, it's really hard for the average person to to to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a handicapper, right? So I, I I'm not. Uh, and even handicappers only get them right. 53% of the time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. So if I, if I, if I hit it in my analysis, which I'm sure I'll, I'll put it this way. Handicappers may get the game right 53% of the time. I'm just hoping to get a piece of analysis in there correctly. 53% of the time. <laughs> Starting to sound like some sort of DFS tout that makes 75 production or 75 recommendations. And then when three pay off, I see now that, <laughs> I think I read somewhere what makes someone an expert in the fantasy community is if they're if they're if their recommendations are right like thirty five percent of the time. Great, great. So the bar is set. Yeah, yeah. Thirty five. Double mine, and I'll be there. Thank you, Martin well, Ziegler. We we will. I, look, I have been really good on my naysaying this year. I have not fallen uh, into a couple of traps. I I agree with that. I, I'll I'll give you significant credit for the Marvin Ziegler one, even though he keeps starting. But I know he keeps starting, but that doesn't mean I, he I don't keeps think producing. You can, I I don't think you can, in good conscience, count that um, Ramadan Sobi one. I, I still can't. <laughs> I, I still believe that nobody was actually serious about that. Um, they people were pretty, possibly pe- people were serious. pretty active. I know in there. They, they couldn't have been right. I mean, <laughs> people were pretty. I mean, that that's why. I mean, I I love that derailing train going around the bend, like checking in. Yeah, that's that a good one. I, I just have. To, I I just would like to argue <laughs> that Marvin Ziegler, at least, has been starting. Like the thing about Sobi that was always so weird to me was that he was clearly never going to play, and <laughs> yeah. like he played like sporadically, but like he was not the plan. No, and then. And the optimism about Sobe came like before they played like Liverpool and Man City, and I, I just don't. It was clear when Ziegler was possibly going to be okay, and then he got the red card, which somehow <laughs> you took credit for. But, <laughs> but anyway, let's He's talk about this weekend. He's just not good. He's just not good, man. He's a starting right back or left back in the Premier League. That fair, be good. It's fine, good. but. Ugh. Anyway, that ding means that it's time to start talking about soccer here. So let's <laughs> uh, let's go on to the first game of a traditional, more traditional state uh, slate here. We have a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we uh, start off at early in Saturday morning, seven thirty, for those who get to play the early game as well. 
Uh, we have Burnley at home at Turf Moor taking on a Manchester City side that comes to town. Didn't quite hit my 6-1 prediction. They only made it 3-0 last time out against, uh, what was it, West Brom? Yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, you know, this is basically, uh, you know, Burnley, we know what Burnley are going to try to do. Um, it's not really a secret. It won't work. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, against the good teams recently, right? Like they've played, they've played some very tough opponents recently. Burnley have, and they've kind of shown what they are. The eight, uh, they are, you know, if you look at the last five games, which have been against good opponents, Liverpool's in there, United's in there. Um, it, it, so they, they've lost three and drawn two. That's good enough for 18th best in the last five games. Isn't so, United in there twice? Uh, one was in FA Cup, I believe. No, I think they played them. Not in the last five, at least. No? They okay. played United just once in the last <clears throat> That's five. That's fair. Um, I think this game is going to... Like, I think the discussion after this game is that the scoreline wasn't indicative of the match. In that, um, I think it's going to be like 3 nothing, But I think people are going to be like, well, you know, it was close. There was an own goal, and the, the th- third goal came in the 89th when the game was at... You know, like, I think... Burnley are going to keep this on the field closer than than they should, but still lose handedly. United was their sixth game away, by the way. If you're only going five back, if you went six, that includes the United, the second United game. Yeah, yep. But All I think right. I, I mean they, you know, Man City are the best team in the league, and Burnley kind of know how they play, and they play really well. Um, Tarkowski looks like he might miss out, which which certainly hurts them, but. We have talked on this podcast previously that the Burnley defense is kind of a more of a system than it is about the players, and I think that yeah, the they'll be able to withstand the onslaught for a little bit, but there's just way too much talent on Man City, even without uh, Leroy Sané. Yeah, um, it's well, it's without Sané, and I mean David Silva limped off. Yep, so yep. they could be without him as well. Yep, could be without yeah. So about yeah. the struggle with Ilkay Gundogan and Bernardo Silva, poor city. <laughs> they really need Mahrez. Whew. Yeah, uh, let's uh, we uh, we can talk about that if you want. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to Leicester because I, I I've read some things about Mahrez, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to Leicester as they play <laughs> Swansea in a minute. But um, I've read some things. I've read I'm some excited. things, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I came prepared, uh, but no, for Manchester City, I still think it's about how many, not um, yep. not if. Um, so you, you, it's it's really a lot of copy paste with City, right? Like if it's not against Everybody. one of the top like three or four teams, you're going to be like, all right, how many are they going to win by? Like, I think it, I actually think less in in those terms. Um, more because I just focus on fantasy more often. Like I don't care if they win or lose. Just how many? How many is more important to me than the will they? But I think the literally the only teams that I hesitate um, on are Manchester United, and that literally might be it. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm just, uh, when we get to Manchester United, I'm going to draw some parallels between them and Chelsea in a little bit. But Ooh, they, um, there are plenty. Yep. Uh, so I'm gonna draw some. I'm gonna draw some parallels there. But uh, for for this, uh, for Manchester City and Burnley, it's it's um, hammer meat nail. Yep, I agree. Okay, so let's actually go on to Leicester. Leicester are at uh, at home taking on Swansea this week. Um, 
What I've been reading is Riyad Mahrez plans to strike. He plans you know, to he not is striking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like just not showing up to anything, like not games, not practices, nothing. Uh, what does that get him? Uh, time off. <laughs> Ahead of the world, are they, they world, in the world cup? Is Algeria. Algeria in the World Cup? I, I'm not positive. I gotta be honest. Uh, I'll filibuster while you look that up. But for Leicester, what I'll, what I have seen is. You know, Wilfred Ndidi is really unlucky heading the ball. He loves to hit the post or the crossbar or a defender on the line. Um, he's really <laughs> – he, he does. Like he's, he's done it like three or four times. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you, know, le- you know, for Leicester, having him and Harry Maguire as aerial threats against a Swansea team that are not great against set pieces. Um, I, I ranked Harry Maguire a little lower than usual, but it's only because I thought there were a lot of when you have good matchups with like you know Kyle Walker's of the world, and now Americ Laporte is going to be a stable a staple in the Man City lineup along with Otamendi. So that's three players on City that you're going to like. Yeah. Uh, you know when you have uh, Marcus Alonso, yeah. yeah, United playing Huddersfield, uh, Arsenal playing Everton, even though Everton did something weird and scored goals. Uh, but we'll talk about them in a minute. But it's just, that, I mean, there's. I really do like Harry Maguire, even though it may not have been reflected in the rankings. I think Harry Maguire has a great opportunity in this game to not only be a clean sheet, but also to be off on the offensive score sheet as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go that far on the on the goal, but yeah, I agree. I mean, all of us ranked him in the top. Oh no, you were top eleven. Let's call it. You were yeah. the lowest of. of I know. Uh, it's just because well. it, it's because basically uh, like five or six defenders yeah. from like two teams were in front of them and then there's yeah. a couple of people that you know i i'm not going to rank center backs as highly as fullbacks most of the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i get it um and yeah like you said it's a great it's a great matchup um are you excited for the iu onslaught at swansea now that they have both jordan and andre <laughs> the brothers iu yeah uh yeah i mean have we seen that before like recently, yes. I don't want yes. to say before because yes, I, I will give you the example because it comes to mind because uh, our old friend John Hudson loves to talk about uh, one of the Amiobis, <laughs> but uh, there's oh, there was, yeah. there was uh, Shola Amiobi and um, Sammy Sammy Amiobi. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. They do they play though? Yeah, oh, okay. they played. I mean, one was a sub. I think most of the time, but yeah, that's that's was slightly before my time yeah, of no. caring about soccer. But I mean, I. I certainly have written notes on both Sammy and Sholami Obi, but I'm excited for the IU onslaught. And just not this weekend. Andre's hurt anyway, or banged up. So. Andre's been banged up for like four years. So. Yeah, well, that's since his transfer from Swansea. Correct. Yeah. Correct. He needs that's that. He, he needs that Welsh home like cooking. I'm sorry. 20, I thought at the 20 million, 28 million pounds they sold them for, whatever it was. Like they, Got him back for like three. Yeah. No, I don't think it was that. I think it was a club record. Coming back, unless the club record was when they sold him. Either way, he's back. Tammy Abraham doesn't seem to be playing for them much. It's a shame. All all he did was set up Jordan Ayew. It's weird. (laughs) Although Ayew has admittedly been better without Abraham, but he has been. Uh, Look, look, Carvajal. uh, Carvajal, No, that's Walford. Swansea is, is it Paul Clement still? I'm getting all my new managers confused. <laughs> no, it is Carvalho. Thank you. All right, Car Carvalho or I can't. I, I like I see. I hear his name it's pronounced Car- like eight different times. Yeah. Well, that's because uh, in, even English pronunciations never make sense. 
Like, we're always like, oh, yeah, of course. And then all of a sudden we start saying, like, Roberto Martinez. And, like, we know it's not Martinez. But <laughs> the problem is you're just not used to the extra L. Like, you want to say Carvajal, but it's Carvalhal. That. Uh, so, yes, uh, ever since going to a more defensive shell of, like, a 5-4-1 or a 5-3-2, what he likes to do, uh, you know, that that doesn't leave a lot of room for a lot of striking options. And if Jordan Ayew has been your best striking option, uh, guys like Tammy Abraham might have to sit. Yeah. No, it's, I mean... It's it's, it's bad for Abraham's development, but that's not his primary concern right now. Yeah, Abraham getting a few minutes off the bench is significantly more than he would be getting at Chelsea. Correct. And he's also, I mean, he's also, you know, he's also in a mindset where he's closer to competing for a full-time job. So he's going about that mindset, which is good for his development as well. Where, whereas he knows that Alvaro Morata is going to, and Giroud would start over him if he was at Chelsea still. So I get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at least it's not a uh, Patrick Bamford situation where he's getting criticized for all sorts of things that wound up being true. All right, yeah. uh, on Leicester. <laughs> being criticized uh, for not being as good as everybody thought he would be. That's right, uh, including How myself. <laughs> he, excuse me. However, uh, on the Leicester side, offensively now, uh, with Riyad Mahrez not looking like he's going to be playing anytime soon, Jamie Vardy did wind up getting on the score sheet last week. Uh, Mark Albrighton and... Last week? It was yesterday. Or Fine. Wednesday. It was Wednesday. but Or <laughs> last game week. Yeah. Um, but for Leicester, it was Jamie Vardy. And then also you have to look at Mark Albrighton and Demarai Gray in this one as well. And I would I would consider looking at Ndidi if you are... Uh, you're probably going to start him anyway if you are in a Taga league. But... In, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hesitate with any Leicester option, uh, including like a Ben Chilwell and or Harry Maguire on defense and Casper Schmeichel in goal. Um, sure. I'm not really hesitating on any Swansea guy though. Like, if I, uh, I, I mean, there's only one. And... There's only one for me. It's Jordan Ayew and everyone else. You can you can go ahead and try Sam Klukas out for a while. Uh, no, no Klukas is, wasn't on the like. I, I'm not. <clears throat> excuse me. Overly thrilled on the Leicester attack without Mares. Not that I think Swansea's going to get a clean sheet away, but I mean they're missing their best attacking player by far. Yeah, but uh, I mean Swansea are going to try to pack it and pack it in anyway. They're not going to need a lot of pace, for example. They just they need people who can whip crosses in and get wide, which they do have in Demarai Gray and Mark Albrighton. To be fair, sure. Yeah. If only they had a huge center forward that that would head those in, like Islam Slimani. Or Leonardo Yochoa. Right, yeah. Or nope. Nope. Okay. Yeah, we we're play done. That way. We're done with them. Let's get to the red hot Burnmouth side who put a whooping on Chelsea, uh three nil in their Woo-hoo! last uh, last time out. Oh my god. Uh they're at home against the Stoke side. That's exactly who you want to see when you come off a big upset, is Stoke. Because even if you're not playing well, you'll still have a chance. But anyway, Junior Stanislaus was great. Callum Wilson was great. Uh Basically, it was everyone but Joshua King. Uh, so, um, yeah, he looked. He was there. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Ibe creating uh, space. Jordan Ibe did really well on the first goal to set up Callum Wilson. Uh, uh, basically, there's four guys now that you can look at and say, "Hey, I can perhaps play them." Yeah, actually, a, maybe even five. It's I mean, an exciting Cal- Callum Wilson, Joshua King, Junior Stanislas, Ryan Fraser. Um, I play every Jordan defender Ibe. this week. Yeah, Why Charlie not? Daniels and his uh, and his band. Um, <laughs> Nathanaki revenge game goal. worked out well. Yeah. As Gary Cahill looked horrific. Oh, I mean, was he at fault for all three, or was it just two of them? 
the first one. I mean, the first goal is a better pass to me than bad defending. Jordan okay, I put that's a perfectly fair. weighted pass against a forward who's admittedly faster than center backs, as he should. Yeah, be. he was a hundred percent at fault for the Ake goal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I, anyway, um, I'm I'm so happy that you did that you. You you love to mention anytime Jordan Ayew converts a bad back pass, but you don't take the opportunity to do the Nathan Ake revenge game at Sports by God. He mentioned on Twitter. I'm very happy about that. You brought that up? No, you you brought it up last week. The Nathan Ake revenge game factor. I'm like no, oh. <laughs> and then he scores, and I didn't get yeah. anything from. Oh, him. Oh, I'm sorry. Was, I'm sorry. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Um. I apologize for not. I, I'm, much, I'm not sure if it was just the fact that you just you know. I just felt so didn't bad. Think, it was didn't think about me, or you were taking pity on me. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. it was just gasoline on the fire, and I just didn't feel like. I felt bad. Um, what are we talking about? Stoke. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, <laughs> yes. I, if by if by that you mean uh, doing anything but, but yes. <laughs> uh, I I mean, we said Burnmouth third in the form table uh, based on five games, so. Uh, I was putting together a cheat sheet for the Saturday slate, and they're at the top of the of the form table over the last six games for the teams that are on that slate. So, you know, three wins and three draws and six matches is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, still they're scoring. They're, they, they've also have more goals than anybody else over that span, which is pretty impressive. Hey, look, in their last two games, Stoke haven't lost. <laughs> It's true. Uh, they be, they beat Huddersfield two nil, and they've drawn Watford zero mm. zero zero. So two yeah. consecutive clean sheets for Jack yeah. Butland and crew, or whoever's back there now. Yeah, it is Butland. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, I mean, Kurt Zuma has been great for Taga people. He has been. <laughs> he yeah. runs really fast and jumps really high. Yeah, apparently he's very fast. Um, I got nothing <clears throat> on Stoke. Yeah. Who's uh, your top like attacking option on Stoke? Uh, uh, what I hate to say, if, 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 I don't if, think if it's, it's, it's FPL, it's Chupamoting. If it's Taga, it's Shakiri. Yeah, I think it's Shakiri everywhere now, which pains me because boy, do I really love a Chupamoting. But that sounds like a fantastic drink. A Chupamoting. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like something you would sounds sounds like something you would get on a beach with lots of sun and sand around you. Interesting. I kind of pictured it as like a dessert that's set on fire before you eat it. Um, <clears throat> there, there are drinks like that. That's true. That's true. I've <laughs> stupidly drank those in my time. Um, but it kind of stops there, right? I mean, you can't. You playing Moritz Bauer with your Zuma no. stack? No. <laughs> like people, people were going crazy for him on Twitter. Or go, uh, leading up to the game, I'm like, he's good. But it's still <laughs> Stoke, and Stoke he's still a defender. Like, <laughs> what do you mean they got back to back clean sheets? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I don't know what I don't know what I'm thinking, Andrew. Clearly, my 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 judgment is clouded on this one. Yeah, <clears throat> against only one of the hottest teams in the league. Yeah, so this is not the Ramadan Ramadan Sobi breakout game. Uh, he may break out from his like warm up clothes after yeah. he <laughs> tracksuit, please tracksuit. Excuse me, his his <laughs> training kit, if you will. Mm. <laughs> that's about it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't mm-hmm. appear to be a favorite at the at, with the new Stoke regime. No. No. Okay. It wasn't really a favorite with the last one, but oh, God. just a All guy right. who played. When somebody let's go hurt. on. Let's go on to the remaining portions of whatever West Ham's going to put out there. Uh, they travel to Chris Hutton's side at Brighton, um, taking on the Seagulls. Um, I don't know which attack is more flaccid at this point between West Ham and Brighton. 
it's hard. It's hard. It's it's hard to uh, it's it, it's hard to judge. You know, even does West Ham have to be this impotent to keep up with the with the lack of sharpness that Brighton put together going forward? They I mean they depend on penalties and set pieces, and you know they look like a to be honest, they look like a champ uh, empower championship side. You know, West Ham are unbeaten in their last six in the Premier League, and they've scored in every single game. How many times did they score more than one? Three of the six. They scored two, three at Burnmouth. No, I only have. I only <clears> have them scoring more back. than. Well, I only have them scoring. No, never mind. I have them scoring more than. Yeah, never mm-hmm. mind. Sorry. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and your five-game form table, Sorry. and everybody else uses six. But anyway, yeah, three <sighs> at Burnmouth, I'll use, two I'll against. Use the, I'll use the six one. Two against uh, West Brom and four at Huddersfield. Um. They then scored one in the return against Burnmouth. But, uh, I mean, obviously their their attack is significantly different than it was when they were scoring multiple goals. I mean, no Arnautovic was a major hit, especially with how well he's been playing. No Lanzini. Uh, they're really the only two I think make a difference. But they're just very different without it. Who knows when Ant- Michael Antonio will come back. But Joe Mario looked really good against Crystal Palace earlier this week and seems like he might take on the Lanzini role while Lanzini is out. Um, and anybody who thinks they're getting a lot out of Mark Noble is naive, I think. But I think Cresswell is a great play still. They had him playing out wide again, which makes him a little more attacking than he had been. And yeah. They also uh, had Sam Byram. Nice little, I was going to say we had a Sam Byram uh, appearance. That was, And Zabaleta was playing more as a defensive midfielder, so... They're just a bunch of parts right now is the problem because their best players are hurt. So, you know, I I think I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think David Moyes is actually doing a pretty good job for what he's had to deal with. Yeah. He did make kind of a funny comment on the at least the NBC broadcast, which I think is the BT one that they just take a feed from. But they were saying that uh, when West Ham were dealing with all these injuries, um, it was because when Slavin Bilic was manager, like it was too loose and the the guys like weren't in shape and so they were getting all these muscular injuries and now that they're getting all these same injuries under Moyes they're like well he's working them too hard and it's like figure no, this out guys no one sees the irony there yeah maybe yeah okay yep uh is there anyone in particular that you actually like in this matchup because Jao Mario so so you so you believe you believe in the new signing of Jao Mario I do As weird as it sounds, I do now that Lanzini and Arnautovic are not there, but I think he might be good with with them as well. It's just a matter of where he plays. But, yeah, I like – he looked really good in his his debut. So which uh, Brighton and Hove and Huddersfield Albion player would you put up (laughs) against this team? Um, I mean, I guess you got to take a look at Pascal Gross. I I do it begrudgingly just because I don't think he's – Glenn Murray? That, that great. Um, I, nobody else really gets me excited. I mean, nobody gets me excited. Yeah. Gross Scala- is the only Scalato, one. Scalato, the new fullback. Um, I had a funny conversation with somebody how he looks like a pirate. and that actually He does look me, like I a swashbuckling pilot. Somebody was like, he kind of looks like a pirate. And I'm like, he does, so I played him. Poor decision. Poor reason to play somebody. But Subotic um, still takes the cake for the player who looks most like a pirate. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. He should wear like an eye patch just like above his eye, though, yeah. so he can still see. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. he should he should play with a parrot on his shoulder. 
who can never be offside. Anyway, um, yeah, there's just nobody on Brighton that makes me think. Yeah, they I haven't been to... playing Anthony Knockhart lately. Yeah, uh, they switched to I think a five at the back, which put which means that Knockhart's place only, is in question. Yeah, they only did that against Chelsea, but no, they did it again. I thought they did it last week as well uh, with Shalato and. Um, with Shalato in the back, playing one wing back, and then I forgot it was on the right hand side. Uh, um, according to our our uh, game logs, they have only played five at the back once this season. Oh, well, never mind. And it was I, against I, Chelsea. Well, I, I thought they did it the last two or three weeks. That's a really all. I thought they'd made it a tactical shift. Anyway, uh, but that's fine. I can totally. My eyes may have. <laughs> Shalato's me. been playing as like a right back, so that's what that's what gets him on the field. Pitch, either way. The team stinks. West Ham's not that good either. This could be a zero nil nil. Maybe West Ham nicks one, but if if you're looking for a, f- a three three game, this is not it. Okay, uh, maybe we'll find a three three game in our next matchup here with West Brom at home against Southampton. Maybe. No. <laughs> no. This, I, I I actually I'm I'm finding myself getting increasingly frustrated with Southampton. Just you know we we've, we've said it before, and I keep saying it like. I, it, it's just a wasteland right now. Um, uh, there's really no one you can count on at all, and it's frustrating. I mean, even though I mean they've, you know, I think they have they officially climbed out of relegation. Nope, they're nope. still in relegation right no now. No love for James Ward Prowse, huh? I mean, he's on he's on my Taga Premier League team now, but yeah, you know. he's the only one though. No, but, it's amazing how bad. Well, I mean, I also Dusan have Ryan Bertrand is. too. So. Yeah, not getting much out of that. No. Um, you're not getting much out of anything. And you mm-hmm. used to be able to count on Bertrand and, and Cedric a little bit. Now you can't. Yeah, now you can't. I um, I mean, I talked about this a little bit with um, with Jordan on the DFS podcast because Cedric, at least, is a big crosser, and so that, that helps with DraftKings. But it just – so basically he, he doesn't cross now because you don't need to cross into Shane Long. And – Gabby Adini was kind of the same way. He's, I think, he's doubtful for this match, but I don't think he was going to start anyway because they brought Carrillo in, and he is kind of the same type of guy that you don't necessarily cross to. And so, it's just very weird how, and I think you could kind of make the argument that a lot of teams do this, and and it's why uh, Chelsea had to buy Olivier Giroud, in that their backup strikers don't play like their starting strikers, and so if something happens to your starting striker, you kind of have to change the entire dynamic of your attack, which seems kind of dumb to like build an attack around a certain style of play. And then if one person goes down, it's like you, you cannot play that style anymore. Um, and yeah. that's kind of what South, what Southampton has well, become. Yeah. I mean, when you look at Southampton's recent fixture, like they have one impressive draw, which is against United. Uh, mm-hmm. But Outside of that, I mean, they haven't exactly played like world beaters here. No. You know, they've played. They I mean, they played. They played United and Tottenham in their past five, but the other three, which they've won none of these games, by the way. You know, they've played Palace and lost. Uh, they've played Watford and Drew, and they've played Brighton and Drew. Like yep. that's you know, and scoring more than once, and scoring once. Mo- more than once. Mm-hmm. Exactly one time, yes, exactly, yeah. and they didn't win. <laughs> so right. it was, yeah. it's you know, it, it's frustrating. It, 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 it's frustrating that even if they do get the goal, they will give up one too. So you can't even count on those defenders if they're playing. If they're only trying to go for one goal a game, they're not playing defensively well enough to make that viable. And they right. went, and, and if they open up, they're going to get crushed. And the only time that they scored multiple goals, it required a James Ward Prowse brace, like <laughs> his only goals of the season, by the way. Yeah. 
Like I, that that does work into my whole. He's the only one who's playing well, but um, like he he was good against Brighton. Like five chances created. Um, yeah. He had fourteen crosses, which some people don't care. Three were accurate, which helps in his uh, in his Taga stats. But uh, I I think they they're they don't know how to play yet, which is bad because That's we're bad it's twenty five weeks into the season. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just, there's there's never a point where they score and you're like, oh, that's that's what they need to do, because it all just seems so Randy Randy random and wonky. That like, I don't like anybody on this team other than James Ward Prowse right now. Yeah, they they are listing lazily to the left. Like the like they all they do is they're not doing any kind of fancy moves. They just kind of slow and steadily moving one direction. I just chose left for the alliteration. Uh, yeah, I mean like when you have Shane Long leading the line and Stephen Davis playing in the ten, you deserve to be relegated. It, it's it's not looking good. <laughs> It's not looking good for them right now. I mean, their goal differential sh- says that they shouldn't be relegated. Um, you know, them and Watford have the same goal differential. You know, and they have teams like Stoke and Huddersfield ahead of them. So, you know, who have more than double the bad goal differential. So, I mean, you, I have a funny feeling that Southampton will crawl out of this. Uh, but, and, only, and let's be honest, they're one good weekend away from being where Palace is in 13th. Yeah, it's really defensively that is kind of surprising. Like, I mean, not that they're scoring a ton of goals, but um, well, they can't they score. It looks out, like they can't score on the road. They shut out West Brom on October twenty first, like the last time these teams played, and Southampton have one clean sheet in the Premier League since then. Mm. No. Of course, it was at Manchester United, but if you know, like that's crazy that for a team that. We had, I mean, and obviously the, I mean, Van Dyke was there for some of the, a decent, enough of those matches where you should get one clean sheet, but they're, I mean, they have no answer defensively apparently. And so yeah. you start looking at West Brom and you're like, okay, and they're they going to play I mean, from West Brom. By the nature of the schedule, it looks like they've, re, I mean, they, they've got to fix whatever's wrong on the road. Because it looks to me that they've played eleven of their twenty-five on the road so far, which means that they're going to have to catch up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've only scored nine total goals in those eleven games on the road. That's that is just bad. That is really bad. Like they, like they 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 have to improve whatever whatever it is that's bothering them on the road. They must improve. Yeah. To go back to the Man City for a second, the reason you can tell how good they are is that they held Salomon Rondon to zero shots. <laughs> okay. Well, but South- <laughs> no. I, I think I saw some people rating like Ahmed Hagazi and Craig Dawson uh, mm-hmm. because Southampton are coming to town. And, you know, I, 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 I see it. I mean, I see it. Like, Southampton are bad offensively on the road. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get it. Um, with that being said, um, Still, I, I'm not trusting anyone from either of these teams because they're not good enough, either team. Okay. Let's round I out. I would play team. Rondon. No. I'd play Phillips. No. I'd play Brunt. Maybe. Um, Depends where he's classified. I don't think it matters. Okay. Um. I'd consider J-Rod if I had him. Nope. I don't, though. Uh, I'd play, yeah, Dawson, Neom. Why not? No, I think they're... Plenty of better options elsewhere. I'd even oh, who knows? I mean, actually, you know what? that's not even knows? true. This 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 ten o'clock slate's not great. 
I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to stack up on, you know, Burnmouth and, you know, we'll talk about United in a second, but, you know, you know, Burnmouth, United and Arsenal guys, you know, that that's really where I think I'd in Leicester defense. Like that's where I think I'd be going. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, let's go to Manchester United round out this 10 o'clock slate. Uh, Manchester United are at home playing against Huddersfield. Um, you know, Manchester United right now look like they have one tactic only, and it's oh. the same tactic that Chelsea has. And it's if they if they can absorb pressure and counterattack, they'll win. Uh, if they can't do if they can't uh, if they can't play that way, they will lose. And there's really not much in the middle. <clears throat> yeah, they. I mean, when you bring in a player like Alexis Sanchez, like it kind of changes the way you play because he's a player that they he's the type of player they didn't have before, and so. I understand like that there has to be like an adjustment at some point, but they look completely lost. Like, yeah, it was weird to see a front three of Martial, Lukaku, and Alexis look completely tame. That's yeah, hard to do. It is. Um, <laughs> that, like that, that's not that's not a, that's just not an easy thing to accomplish. Um, yeah, and I mean credit to Spurs because um, that game could have been like five nothing. Like the. Spurs squandered some chances that that could have gone way out, but specifically it, Harry Kane, yeah, uh, and Son as well. But uh, what was kind of I don't want to say it was shocking, but it surprising that Jose Mourinho basically said like the game, his whole game plan was like thrown out after Spurs scored eleven seconds in. How like how it, like how? Well, the I think the way that we look at it, it's like well, of course, like he was going in there to win one nothing, like that's. That's what he does. Like, we, everybody knew that was the plan. But it's just funny to be like, okay, we're now losing, and we have, and, and you were like, they have no chance now. And it's like, you can't say that, and like, Jose Mourinho can't have such a short memory, because I know he doesn't, as someone who's followed his career for a decent amount of time. Um, he doesn't have a short memory. So he probably remembers the fact that he gave up an opening goal to Pedro 30 seconds into a match not that long ago and messed up his game plan. He has to know that that's a possibility because it's happened. And to have no either no contingency or the fact that your standard style, you know, to score once, you know, like, you, oh, whatever, we'll still score once and we'll get something out of this game. And if we, we can sign up for a draw for against uh, Tottenham on the road, that'd be fine by me. Like, <laughs> there was just, it looked like they, like, like he said in his conference, his press conference, his game plan was thrown out, but he never made a new one. Right, <laughs> like, like no there's a, there's whatsoever. a solid disconnect here that's so weird, and it happens to Chelsea as well. Like it, it, it's, you know, it, the two teams play in a very similar style. I, I, I dare I say they're both Jose Mourinho like their styles. Like it's, you know, defense first, uh, energy first, um, you know, and just you know, and and if you win one nothing, great. If you win by more than that, well, uh, that's okay. Well, but let's make sure we at least just get let's let's just let's try for one nil and anything else anything else will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, but make sure you get that zero right. You can't lose if you give up zero goals. Yeah, I, that mentality is so frustrating when you yeah. have so many talented players. Now Paul Pogba is playing in that stupid position where he's too far away from the offense uh, from the two uh, from the attack. Yeah, um, I think I think. What are the biggest negatives with Pogba? <clears throat> I mean, you kind of nailed it there that he's playing kind of out of out of position. But what's holding him that back now is that Matic looks awful. Well, like Matic looks like somebody who has played way too much and needs a break. And they have. No, I, I think Deli Ali played the best game of his, of the se- of his season. 
last. I mean, I mean, Deli Alley took him apart. I'm not gonna try it's to justify just that. This, but this game, though, like Matic, I I think you know it, Pogba works best when they have Matic and somebody else, Ander Herrera, or I mean, Carrick hasn't played all year, but they need another guy, Fellaini. Who can basically, yeah, Fellaini. <laughs> who can? I was joking. They Pogba. don't need Fellaini. <laughs> I think I think Pogba is much better with Matic and Fellaini on the field. Yeah, I think he. I mean, I'm not trying to say these two players are similar, but when Chelsea had Ruben Loftus Cheek, still like finding a position for Ruben Loftus Cheek is not because you want to play him in that center defensive role because he's so big, but that's not his game. Um, and I, I think you know you know for, at a. a a much better version of Ruben Loftus Cheek is not even a better version, just a just a better player. You know, Paul Pogba. You need to, you need to like when you have a you, when you have a thorough, thoroughbred, you don't keep him in the barn. Like you 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 make you you let them run. Like the, this is just it's so frustrating to watch such a um, such a prized talent be wasted in a, a system that just doesn't work for him. Yeah, I mean, this, I read a bunch of stuff after that match, and they were like, you know, Pogba... Oh, you read some stuff, too? <clears throat> I read some stuff um, <laughs> that was basically, like, how bad Pogba was. I mean, he got pulled after 63 minutes for Fellaini. Um, but, Who got pulled in seven? Well, he was hurt, obviously. Um, he was hurt going into it, which we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> I, I just think they... So... The argument was, like, you paid Pogba all this money, he should be able to perform wherever he is. And you don't necessarily... You shouldn't have to pay that much for a player that you then have to build around that to put them in the perfect situation, which, from my point of view, was outrageous. Like, that's exactly what you do. Like, you find the best position for the best player and let them play it, and Pogba's not doing that. And, then, like, the, the fact that they, they started Lingard in the 10 with Martial and Alexis out wide, like, just play Pogba there. That's where you play Pogba. And if you have to not play Jesse Lingard, I think that's okay. No. Okay, let's take this matchup here. They can play six attackers against Huddersfield. Yep. They won't, but they can. You know, you can do, uh, you know, you could uh, uh, at least five. You can play at least five attackers. You can do 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one if you wanted to. And put all four in the mid, all, all four like attacking midfielders. Uh, you know, you can have Pogba and Lingard in the middle of that, mm-hmm. and then have Alexis and Martial or Rashford, whoever you want, yeah, on the four, wings. Four, one, two, three, or something like that. Yeah, whatever. Like, you know, you can have a, a, a mixture of four attackers against yep. Huddersfield. If they have fewer than four, it's going to be extremely frustrating because I, I don't think they will. Though. I mean, they played five against Spurs. I mean, they started Pogba, Lingard, Alexis, Martial, and Lukaku. Like, I think that they're going to do that again. I think that stays. And they'll run all over Huddersfield, and everyone will be like, oh, okay, they're okay. When they're not really okay, but it'll look like they're okay. Yeah. That's all. Fair enough. But credit to Spurs. They looked awesome. We'll get to them, I guess. We'll we'll get, yeah. uh, I'm not sure exactly. They didn't play any differently than they normally do. You know, Mm -hmm. nothing should have been surprising about what, what they were doing and yet it still seemed to catch 
Manchester United by surprise. But in this matchup against Huddersfield, there's nothing that Huddersfield can do no. against Manchester United that I'm going to try to predict. Uh, Huddersfield do like to press. They do like to uh, make you uncomfortable on the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think they have the quality of pressing that Spurs do. Yep. So totally I agree. think Manchester United will have plenty of time to get the ball forward and get it into the feet of a of an Alexis Sanchez, of a Martial or Rashford or a Lingard mm-hmm. or whoever. whoever um, yeah. and, and you know, it's just you know Huddersfield. They're, they're looking like a team that that that's likely to be relegated. Uh, they've been the worst team in the last five games. Um, having a negative 11 goal differential in the last five games. That's not how you do it. Uh, they've scored once and given up 12. That's not great. Um, wow. Yeah, it's bad. I, I, and the teams they've lost to. I was going to say it's not the, the schedule is not. No, I mean, they've, they've played, I mean, they've played Liverpool and they've played Burnley. I mean, but you know, Burnley is the one game they've drawn in the last five. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they, Liverpool... they allowed three to Leicester, four to West Ham and two to Stoke. It's not that, yeah, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. So maybe yeah. they shouldn't press. Well, then they'd be playing a system they're not used to practicing. Yeah. No, I get. It. I get. It. Yeah. It, so but anyway, against it, yeah, like I said, against a team like United, I think United will find its feet again and you know just practice their goal celebrations this week. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the last game of the Saturday slate, which is Arsenal at home taking on Big Sam's Everton that travel down. Um, Coming off a weird goal explosion from last week, um, Theo Walcott looking like Arsenal's Theo Walcott, if you will, scoring mm-hmm. twice for them. Uh, Wayne Rooney looked good sending the ball in. Gilfie Sigurdsson got an assist. Uh, Michael Keane got an assist randomly. Uh, it, <laughs> while staying up on an attack that wasn't just a corner kick. Um, yeah. just, just, you know, mm-hmm. things that you don't see happen for 500, please, Alex. <laughs> um yeah, you know, so an Everton side that traveled to Arsenal, I think we all know it's coming from Big Sam here, right? Like it's going to be tight, it's going to be compact, and it's going to be very little going forward. The Walcott revenge game, right no, away. Stop! No, no, I don't. I don't subscribe. <laughs> Unsubscribe, Nathan, please. Proved it, Mike. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Got a hundred percent success rate on the revenge over the last one game week. Um, obviously, it's going to be whether Obama Yang starts or not. I don't think he will. Wenger tends not to do that right away. He did it like Mkhitaryan didn't start last week. I think Mkhitaryan could start this one, though. And, I mean, the biggest question is going to be, like, how they play. How they play. Like, whether uh, they start Lacazette and Aubameyang together. Um, whether they have Mkhitaryan more advanced than uh, Mesut Ozil or play them kind of together in the midfield. Yeah, what they, they do behind them. Like They could do the Brazilian 4 2 2 2 yeah, that old yeah. Brazilian style and put you know Wilshire and Shaka as the defensive two, and then uh, have two attacking midfielders, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. That you know, it's it's almost like a four-two-four, but Ozil and uh, Ozil and Mkhitaryan would play slightly further back than that, yeah. but not much. RB Leipzig plays that now, so um, they have for a, a few years now. But anyway, um, yeah, I think part of me is wondering. I mean, it all depends on kind of what you want out of uh, Mkhitaryan, but, like, I wouldn't totally rule out the possibility of playing, like, a front three with Mkhitaryan, Lacazette, and Aubameyang because kind of like Liverpool, like, those guys can go wherever they want. It's not like there's, like, a specific side, so if one's central, then that's fine. But um, that And that kind of gives 
Mesut Ozil some some more weapons ahead of him, but Mkhitaryan is much more of a central player anyway. So I don't know. It's uh, I don't want to say they have like an excess in the same positions, but it seems like they have a bit of excess in the same positions. I don't know. I wonder about Lacazette, who is turning into exactly the player I said he was going to be in August, and everybody crapped all over me for it. And what kind of player was that? I think there was just the the goal expectations for Lacazette were so much higher than what should have been expected. I mean, they were like, oh, 25 goals in Ligue 1 uh, and all this, and it's like he's not going to – like I I think my prediction was – Was, was, was anything more uh, – yeah. Okay. So twelve. Yeah. Twelve. I, I still think twelve would be. I still think twelve is low. Even though I think that, I still. I, I. I. I would stand by someone saying fifteen to twenty. Like, yeah. I think still, I. I think I. I hedged with my. I. I was much more comfortable with twelve to fifteen than I was fifteen plus. And. I, he has nine right now, which is good, but, he had like twenty at this point last year for Leon. So. I don't know. I just I'm not sure. I I don't know if the introduction of Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang helps, helps or hurts that. Or yeah. Yeah. No. Not I, a clue. Totally fair. I'd love to. I, 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 yeah. I don't know. It's it. Aubameyang has had success playing with another striker, which is encouraging. Uh, Lacazette doesn't. So. <laughs> We'll have to see. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I, I, the way that they play, especially against a team like Everton, where Arsene Wenger knows the manager pretty well as far as what his tactics are going to be. So mm-hmm. you know, you'll, you'll probably um, see th- this whole like going from a back three to back four. And he's, I don't think. I think he never really wanted to go back three, and so I think yeah. he's, with how well Nacho Monreal is playing now, it gives him a great excuse to keep Kolasinic on the bench. Which did they get him on a free? By the way, who? Kolasinic. I don't remember. I think they did. Don't remember. Which I think is why he's perfectly content not playing him. Sure. Okay. Uh, but on the Everton side, would I mean I know you're going to start Theo Walcott, um, but uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, Wayne Rooney, Sancto Soon, uh, any of the other cast of characters? No. Seamus Coleman. Uh, I would consider Coleman not an FPL, but. Um. It's really nice to see him back. Like he's very good. We all know, we all know he's very good. He would have been near the top of rankings at the beginning of the season when he was fit. When he was a uh, if he was fit. So, yeah, it's good he's back. It's not an ideal situation, but like, what have we? See? Arsenal's just confused right now. So, yeah. All right. And before we go to Sunday, we got a quick message from one of our sponsors. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. 
All right, let's go on to the Sunday slate where we have the battle of the Chelsea Loney Stars. Uh, we have Ruben Loftus-Cheek won't play, uh, but Crystal Palace are at home taking on a Newcastle side that features Atsu and Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kennedy actually looked pretty good. Is Atsu on loan? I thought they bought him. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. The, the uh, former Chelsea great. stars, either way. Yeah, Kennedy looked great. Uh, it's worth noting that he took every or almost every free kick with Matt Ritchie and John Joe Shelby on the bench. So who knows if that's a role he keeps. Like, I I wouldn't get too excited about it. But that being said, he looked great. Yeah. He really did. Yeah. And then on the Palace side, uh, you know, Bakary Sacco went off hurt uh, in the last game. Um, so that could open up the spot for Yohan Kabai, who did not start, even though he returned from his fitness challenge. Uh, you know. It sounds like a game show segment. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> um, but... Um. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to get excited about anyone in this game. Uh, I mean, I tend to want to favor the Palace players, but uh, Christian oh, Benteke I, I, scored. I Christian. Yeah, I love Christian Benteke this week. Yeah, he scored Zaha, a goal. I would take all the the Palace guys. Yeah, uh, you know, but has Kennedy become the number one option, even if, let's just say, Shelby and Richie start, or is it still one of those two? No, I, uh, I, I don't know. That's the problem. Like, I think Kennedy is definitely the number one option when they don't start. Yeah, and I would probably take him if Richie doesn't start, but it's a matter of what happens when Richie is on the field. Yeah, like Shelby, Shelby kind of takes stuff when he feels like it. Like I don't think there's ever really a plan. He's just like, oh, this is mine now. Yeah, and you're plans like, okay. and John Joe Shelby really don't tend to go together. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't uh, seem like a planning man. It'll be interesting to see if they play Islam Slimani now that they have him. Like Slimani was. Leicester's club record signing, and he was very good with um, which Portuguese club was he with when they got him? Either one. They're all, the three that he would possibly come from are very good. So, like, it, I'm anxious to see what happens because he gives them something that Ayozi Perez, Dwight Gale, and Yosulu don't. Yeah. Fair. But yeah, I'm I'm on much more on Palace. Yeah, I'm not going to try to argue with that. I think it's totally sound reasoning. Um, and Newcastle have they haven't really lit the world on fire. They haven't really lit anyone on fire. Yeah, uh, themselves. All right, let's get to the actual good game of Sunday, which is Liverpool at home at Anfield taking on a Spurs side that, uh, let's be honest, uh, they played the best game of their season last week. Um, you know, but traveling to Anfield, do you see that changing? I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend. Uh, it, that would be that would be surprising given that Liverpool have been so good at home defensively and Spurs just traditionally being solid defensively. Yeah, no, I think this is a goal fest. That, that, that's an interesting take. Why do you say that? It's just that these two teams, um, like they, that's how they win. Uh, as much as like we want to give Tottenham credit for how good they are defensively, like they're an attacking side and they. They're both a pre- they're both pressing sides. Yep. They, they, so I see that they I can see that both teams could be left open because they press. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> even yeah. I, even in the run of play, I think they're yeah. both of them are good enough where we can see some goals. I mean, obviously, well, that's what um, I mean. Well, in the run in the run of play, like you know, if both teams are trying to press each other, they're going to be spread out. They're going to be open, um, so you can see gaps form, and then you know players running into those gaps. So. You know, Oxley Chamber didn't start last week for Liverpool, which I thought was great timing for you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and there are players on both sides with the pace to take advantage of any gaps between midfield and defense. So, um, 
you know, Virgil van Dijk didn't start for Liverpool last week either. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> they they rested all of their good players, so that's why um, that's why Ox didn't start. But um, do you remember what the score was when they played the first time this year? Four uh, four. Four one. <laughs> so you got part of that right. I know. Um, I was just Harry Kane I... brace Son Deli Alley, Mo Salah. Um, that would be five. Five total, yeah. Four. I thought you said four. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Most yep. laws not on Spurs. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. It's early. Yeah. Math is hard. Nope. Um, nope. Yeah, no, math is hard. So, I don't know. I just uh, I, I see no reason to think that this is going to be some horrible top of the table Manchester United slugfest. They, yeah. they don't know how to play that way. No, no, no. no I, I can see. I, I can see your your reasoning uh i just i just wanted to i just wanted to hear you give the explanation is there i mean i'm assuming you like all the offensive players and none of the defensive players then yeah i was much lower on the defensive options than than you guys were in fact i don't think i well, ranked I just a think, single I, I just think that the uh defensive options could become not not good for yeah, their no, defense fair. but the fact that they could get assists yeah that's fair um i mean n- none of us ranked carius or um no. Or Loris. Uh, Loris, so yeah. Both of whom, I mean, Carries has been the better fantasy goaltender recently. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they're, neither of them have been that great. Not, neither of them have been great. Yeah. So, Loris has been frustrating all year. Yeah, this game's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and so, be a it's, nice it's, a, it's a nice preamble the to, the, to the Super Bowl. Yes. There you go. I actually think more t- more people globally may watch this game. Uh, I did, Spurs uh, aren't that. Yeah, Spurs that aren't big, a big draw. I did mention to somebody yesterday. It's going to be close. I've become that guy, and someone's like, oh, yeah, the Super Bowl, like the most watched sporting event in the world. I'm like, it's not even close. Not even close, dude. I'm like, literally, there are like at least six soccer games. Just wait till the the summer. This summer will prove all the ratings. It's not even World Cup, too, but it's not even World Cup. Like, I'm pretty sure both Manchester derbies, both United Liverpool matches, and El Clasico are outdraw the. Super Bowl worldwide significantly. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's go to live where everybody. Let's wants. get to. The, we're running out of show. We got to get to the yeah. last game of the weekend here, which is Watford at home taking on Chelsea. Um, I'll let you do the analysis. I'm too. I'm too angry at Chelsea to try um, to predict this. I'd like to ask at least: Is there a justification for how little Cesc Fabregas has been playing? He's. Uh, he doesn't have a position in this system. It, it just seems to me that um, I, I wrote up Eden Hazard. I captained him in FPL because I actually like, like, he has a lot of success when he plays as a false nine, fantasy-wise. Uh, I don't, well, he I won't don't, do that anymore. I don't care about the results, but... He won't do that um, anymore. That's true. That's true. Um, I, I think it's odd that Ross Barkley is getting so much time out there even though he stinks. I think... <laughs> Uh, great analysis. That's it. He stinks out and loud. I completely, <laughs> I completely agree with you. I, he, I mean, he hasn't played in months. Like, I think they're trying to get him some minutes. I don't know why they're doing it in, in yeah, wait till the FA, matches. But... Wait till whatever cup you're in comes around. Yeah. The FA Cup. I, I think they are they still in that? Yeah, they're still in that one. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, Murata, we're taping this before Antonio Conte's Friday press conference, but if Murata doesn't start, do you think Giroud starts right yes, away? Yes, absolutely. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. Yes. I guess it's Monday, so he's got some time to train and acclimate. Yeah. Yes, he will. Yes, I I suspect that Giroud will play. Okay. Um, e- even if Murata does start, I suspect Giroud will play. Okay. Uh, 
the question I asked on Twitter, I'd like to ask you, and I know you don't follow the Bundesliga much, but who do you think scores more league goals for the rest of the season between Aubameyang, Batshuayi, and Giroud? Batshuayi, because mm-hmm. the league's easier. That seems like a very consistent answer. It's like the, but the easier league, which um, we can debate that as well. Well, when I say easier league, it's not because the quality necessarily is worse. It's because the lower teams don't compromise. They don't say we'll just pack it in. They they develop their players as if they're going to be playing for the top teams. All of them. So you think the scoring chances uh, that you get in the Bundesliga, the gap between the Bundesliga and the Premier League is greater than the the gap between Aubameyang and Batshuayi. The style of play. The more focus on the pressing game, the more focus on the um, total football, if you will, um, it, it, it's more apparent in the German league. You know, the, the, the teams at the bottom just don't – they don't compromise their style to say we'll try to get zero zeros out of this. They just don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good. It's, it, I mean it's especially good for the player development because as you can tell, Germany's players are pretty darn good. They are. Um, and it's because they're not stuck in these – prehistoric systems that can't keep up they're not you like what do you think about richarlison in this game it's the perfect guy to kill chelsea right Uh, they proved it last time they played right richarlison missed like three chances yeah (laughs) i i think that's the problem though like i'm not sure he's much of a finisher Uh, i mean basically you don't have to be much of a finisher to beat chelsea recently (laughs) that's fair that's fair. Um, Gerard de Lefeu plays for Watford now. That's interesting. It's a thing. You know, it's a thing. <laughs> he's better than what they had. That's true. Uh, I think he's a worse version of Pedro. Um, okay. He, he loves to run with the ball in the wrong direction, and occasionally he'll take a shot that goes in. Uh, I'm not sure I see the same kind of player, but... <laughs> I agree both, he's worse they're than both, They're both fast, and they both love the ball at their feet. They don't really pass the ball particularly well, and they both, you know, they shoot the ball occasionally. And so, and when they do shoot, most of the time it goes wide, but sometimes it's a, it's a phenomenal shot. <laughs> okay. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm do you think you, De seen, I, can do anything Pedro, against Pedro is really good at making people miss uh, when he's in the offensive third going back towards his defensive third. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. He, he, he runs the wrong way with the ball expertly. Hmm. It's because he runs so far down the pitch he has to run back just to get people to catch up to him. But like gotcha. I understand why he does it, but he's really good at going the wrong way with the ball. Hmm. Okay. Watch for it. I will. Um, uh, I'm sorry, you won't watch for it. He's not going to play. <laughs> oh, that's I mean, true. Is Will, I mean, well, he they, might. Yeah, I mean, is Willie on back? Is Hazard back? No. Is Morata back? Like it's that's well, it. Hazard. Hazard's fine. Yeah, they, like like are, 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 if those three play, if, if two of those I think three Willi- play, I, I, I can't fathom Willie on playing. Yeah, I mean, if two um, of those three play, I don't think he. I don't think Pedro does. It's that simple. Two of Hazard, Willian, and who? Murata. Oh, yeah, I think Murata and Willian are out. So I think there's definitely a possibility for Pedro. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'd you like could, to not you, see. I, Ross I, mean, I, I can see play. a Pedro Giroud Hazard front three. Pedro Giroud and Hazard, huh? Could happen. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not going to be surprised by anything to put out there. Good, is it? What's up? This team is not that good, is it? It's not playing well, and I think the kiss of death was just mentioned by Antonio Conte in two things. One, that Chelsea are overachieving this season. That's one excuse that the players will take. 
Secondly, if they finish in the top four, it'll be a great success. Another yeah. excuse that they'll take. Well, uh, in fairness, they like they have no shot at winning the title. That's not my point. You know, my, my, you know, if you start doing Arsene Wenger speak, you're going to get really bad performances. <laughs> okay. That should not be I mean, that. that, that I mean, he's just he's not going to last the end of the season. I think everybody knows it. And it's a World Cup year, so no one is going to compromise themselves for that. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's it, it's the I mean, I would not be stunned now. I mean, I would be I'd be disappointed. And I'd be surprised, but I'm not going to like this earth shattering sadness that, you know, yeah. Chelsea finished fifth. Um, I, I, I mean, I see this downward spiral. I've seen this downward spiral before. Yeah. It was two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it could be same same song, different verse. Yeah, that's fair. But either way, uh, all signs point to Chelsea with like a 2-0. Yeah. Uh, like an nil? ugly one. An ugly nil? one, but like... Yeah. Okay. It, 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 yeah. Anyway, on that note, we have run out of show, Andrew. On that note, we must end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I have been your host, Mike Gottlieb, at Sports by Gotti on the Twitter, G-O-T-T-I at the end. Uh, with me, as always, was Andrew Laird, at Rotowire Andrew on Twitter. We are always available for all of your questions, hijinks, nonsense, and just general conversation. Uh, there was no singing or anything this week, which was really odd for us. But either way, uh, we will catch you next time on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. And be sure to listen to Andrew and Jordan's daily uh, fantasy soccer podcast uh, for all you daily fantasy players out there. So thank you all for listening, and we will catch you next time. Talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.